0: need a high-end designer or a lot of money to get a luxe look, be your own interior designer. This is Affordable Interior Design, the podcast. Here's your host, Betsy Hellman. Hi, everyone. It's so good to be here with you again this week. This week, I am joined by a special guest, and I love bringing you inspiring stories of people who made a major turn in their life and decided to pursue their passion and become an interior designer. And today that story is going to be told by Courtney Clark. Courtney is a recent graduate of the Academy, and I'm so excited to have her on because I know that her story is going to be filled with different messages, ideas, things that might resonate with you, even inspire you to start your journey to becoming an interior designer. So welcome, Courtney. Oh, thank you so much, Betsy. I'm so This is very
1: surreal for me because I started listening to your podcast and it's really what catapulted me into taking this risk and this journey. So to be here speaking with you, I'm so grateful and I just, I appreciate you and thank you for having me.
0: Well, right back at you. And thank you for being here. Thank you for being here. Well, you know, before we launch in and start telling a little bit more about your story, just tell us about yourself in general.
1: Yeah, sure. Um, so I live in Florida. Um, I am just outside of Tampa, and I am down here with my husband, and we have two little girls. One is twelve, and the other is ten. We have a fifteen-year-old pug who is the you know the house ruler, um, and yeah, our life is crazy. We're we're always going, and if we're not working, we're you know relaxing together, or we're on a lacrosse field. So. Oh. Crazy, crazy, but in all the best ways.
0: No complaints. Yeah. Got it. Got it. Well, you know, you're so busy. You've got so much going on. What inspired you to take on something else? What inspired you to pursue the academy?
1: Ah, uh, me <laughs> actually. Like, I needed. Um, I needed something for me. You know, I was at a point in my life where I had graduated college. I Started out as a meeting and an event planner, which I loved. Um, and I traveled a ton. And then we had our first daughter, and I had the opportunity to stay home with her, which I wouldn't change for the world. Um, it was amazing. And then I stayed home with the second one. <laughs> so I ended up being home for about 10 years. Um, and then as they got older and more self sufficient, I just realized, you know, it was time for me to do something, you know, fill my bucket a little bit more. And at that point in my life, I didn't really know what that meant um, because I knew I I couldn't go back to school for something. I was trying to figure out what I always really loved and what would like set a fire underneath me. And I realized that was interior design. It was designing, it was decorating. Um, Ever since I was a little girl, I would rearrange my room. Um, My parents, I drove them crazy. I would want to make it cozy for me. My husband would go away on a work trip. He'd come home. I like painted the dining room. Like I just always wanted to change and, you know, make the space right for me and for us. So anyway, so when I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do, that's what just kept coming back in my head that, all right, it's time for me to do something for myself. This is what I've always loved. And Then I found your podcast. And then it just so many things fell into place for me where I found your podcast. I was fortunate enough to work as a design assistant um, for a local interior designer. Um, Once I realized that's really what I wanted to do, and I fell in love with it even more than I thought I could. And then found you and realized I wanted to take the next step.
0: Now I think a takeaway for people listening is that, you know, you felt like it was time for you to do something for you. The kids were old enough that you had some extra time. You were able to kind of shift gears. And when people are looking for that passion, when people are saying, what lights me up? I don't even know anymore, right? And I definitely feel that way personally in terms of hobbies. Like, I know what lights me up at work. I know that I'm living my passion through my career. But on my off time, I'm like, what am I doing with myself? What do I love to do? What did I used to love to do? I think looking back at your childhood is so key. When I was unfettered, when I didn't have the worries of the world, when I wasn't paying bills and adulting, what did I gravitate towards? Was it art? You know, was it a sport? Was it hiking? Was it nature and plants? Was it, you know, reading and philosophy or was it something more artistic? What do I find myself gravitating towards in my free time?
1: exactly and
0: and that was really scary
1: for me because mm. I had no formal training you know I didn't mm-hmm. I didn't know I could do this I just thought it was always gonna be a hobby which would have been fine but again I, I had that opportunity to work for a designer and I was like, wow this this is amazing this really makes me happy and I'm having fun. But that initial trying to figure out at that, you know, in your 40s, what am I, what do I do now? It's, it's really scary, but I. it's Intimidating.
0: <laughs> I mean, even for me where the stakes are so low, I'm looking for something to do in my free time. So I don't just do design all the time. All the time. <laughs> like be a more interesting, multifaceted person. Even for me, I'm like, I don't even know. So I think that's why going back and being introspective. Not forcing ourselves to say, what lights me up now? Because I don't even have the bandwidth to do anything else. But what used to get me excited? How could I find a way to do that, you know, as a hobby or even just listening to podcasts or segueing into something else? But, you know, how did you decide to take the leap and work for that designer? And why did you decide that that wasn't enough? You know? Yeah, I, I
1: made the leap because. I I felt as though like the stars aligned for me. Like I I knew that's what I'd love doing, like going back to thinking, "Wow, this is real." I was just I mean, I was just doing all this stuff in my own house at that time, and when I got the opportunity, it was a mutual friend. Her business was expanding, so she needed an assistant. It was just there was no way I could say no. It was just like, "Wow, this couldn't be more perfect." So I was so fortunate in that regard. Um and then I think working for her for a few years, I just got to, it just got more and more fun, you know, getting to help her, whether it was picking tiles out, or I did a lot of the accessorizing and going to shop and style bookshelves. And it just, it kept getting more and more interesting and fun. And I just had this constant yearning to learn more. Um, And that's where it all started to just you know, went down that rabbit hole of like, I want to learn more. I want more responsibility. I want more creative freedom. I, you know, like I, it, it just turned into, I want to, I wanted to be like her, you know, I wanted to own my own business, have that creative freedom and just be able to really see a job from start to finish. So everything was really appealing to me while I was working. Right.
0: Cause I think for so many people who are kind of novices and feel like they don't have the education working for someone else and getting at least that creative outlet might've been enough, but you felt sort of a push to have your own projects. It sounds like. Yeah,
1: I really did. You know, I kind of as hands-on as I was with her, I really wanted the whole project. You know, I wanted to, from start to finish, I wanted to be able to hear the client's needs. I wanted to be able to help them solve you know, a functionality problem. I wanted to hear what their taste was and create a concept for them that they would like. I really just wanted to see it from start to finish. And again, I just wanted to challenge myself. But as, as much as I knew, you know, learned what I learned with her, which was fantastic, I needed the academy because I needed the foundation and the, the fundamentals of, standard sizes and spatial planning and I needed to be confident that I knew that information so I could let the client know like they would know I was bringing value to them by knowing all you know the inc- all the ins and outs of what it really takes to design a space correctly
0: and what convinced you that the academy would be that step? There's other programs, other paths, right? You could have continued to apprentice with her and and maybe had her mentor you more significantly. Or what? What was kind of that push? Um, I think again, I think a, I, a lot of it is you um,
1: because I was listening to your podcast, and when I tell you I was listening to it, I was binging it. I was just like, I couldn't, I couldn't hear enough and get enough because you were so your energy is so great so it was so engaging to listen to you and you were so informative that you know some podcasts you don't get all the information they it's you know it's a little bit more guarded but you were so open about everything um i just gravitated to you it was it seemed like such a an easy listen i didn't have to think about it or you know whether or not i was going to listen to an episode um And I really I think your story, I can I can relate to it, you know, that you you don't have a formal degree in design and you have built this amazing business of longevity and success. And it's like this is something where I felt you were so relatable for me that even though you were younger when you started than I am, but it was kind of the same idea. It's like, well, you know what, if someone you can do it, you can learn what you need to know to be a value to a client and design someone's home and not have to have a degree to back you up. So Right.
0: Right. You do need that foundation of education, in my opinion. And, you know, hearing your story, I knew a little bit about it from the coaching calls and from our initial call, but I- Our start was sort of similar, even though the ages were different, right? I started as an intern for a famous designer, and I felt so inspired being in the world, but I didn't learn the details. I was just kind of in the mix as the helper versus getting real concrete tips. I was just you know, kind of that gal Friday who was sitting at client's apartments waiting for the big deliveries to arrive, watching them decide where the artwork gets hung, but not knowing the reasoning behind it and not um, getting an education, more like testing a field. Is this interesting to me? Is this something I want to do? What don't I like about what they do every day? And, you know, what didn't resonate with me was the high end clients and sort of working with them and having them be so entitled, but also spending so much money. I came from such humble roots. I was like, I don't feel comfortable spending $300,000 right now. (laughs) And it wasn't even my money. I didn't even have the credit card, you know, and I, it would give me the shake. So I do think if you can be an apprentice, if you can be an intern, it's an amazing luxury because, you know, you're giving your time for less money than you would earn in another vocation, or in my case, no money, no zero money. Uh, and you, you're you learning the world. But do you learn the vocation? I think that's very rare in an apprenticeship or internship. So After you do that, I think it gives you the green light. Yes, this is my field, or no, it wasn't exactly what I thought. Even though working for one firm does not show you the entire industry, of course. If somebody apprenticed at my firm, they would have a very different experience than if they apprenticed at Tom Felicia, where I apprenticed. We work in a completely different way with completely different clients, but at least you get a closer taste, right? But then you do need... Some education. If you're going to go out on your own, because I didn't have education, just like you said, I went out on my own and I made so many mistakes with other people's money. And the good thing is I was hardly charging anything for my services. They were getting a great value, but at the same time, they were taking a big risk, a risk that I would not suggest that any clients take, you know, taking someone totally unproven and uneducated. No. No. Uh, so, you know, I had to learn the hard way by taking thousands of clients over time and, and quickly developing systems based on mistakes. All my systems are based on things that I did wrong that I was like, oh, we can't do that again. You can only make that mistake once because otherwise you have no referrals, no referrals. So uh, I think it was so smart of you to realize that. And I think because I was 23 when I apprenticed for Templisha, I didn't have that wisdom. Good wisdom, Courtney.
1: You needed a good twenty
0: years first. I did, <laughs> and now that I've got those, <laughs> let me just provide you with the program so you don't have to go through all that. Because right. that was so grateful, so grateful. Yeah.
1: Because that—that's like the other beautiful thing, too. It's like even if I—if I am curious, if I haven't gotten everything nailed down, the fact that I can keep going back to all the modules and just keep refreshing—it's so invaluable because it's just. You know, every time I meet with a client, I'm more and more confident where things are just coming out of my mouth because it's just been, I have the ability to keep learning over and over again, instead of just like a a one and done thing. So that's been extremely helpful as well.
0: Yeah. The access does not expire. And I totally encourage you to do that. You know, go back because also we're constantly updating the modules. We just rebranded all the downloads. We're always adding little things as we see, oh, should we put a project here? Oh, what do we think about this? So you can take advantage of those updates, but also, you know, I don't expect you to memorize initially how to measure for residential window treatments, but I do expect you to know it. So Mm -hmm. go back and watch it again and then head out to your client, right? right? We don't all have to master something on the first go. And that's why I did give it unlimited access. Those modules will never expire for you. Yes. Thank you. And I want you to use them as a resource because I want you to be successful with your clients. And now it's time for a quick commercial break. Do you love this podcast? Do you wish you could learn even more? Well, we have an online class bundle. Our online class bundle is comprised of three online classes, beautifying your home for less, styling your home, and the fundamentals of feng shui. Each one of those three classes is between 30 and 45 minutes long and chock filled with visuals and tips things that will help you to style your own space or help out with other spaces. Additionally, with the pack of three classes, you get an autographed copy of my book, Affordable Interior Design. You get all of that for only $99. Once again, that's the three online classes as well as the book for only $99. You just go to affordableinteriordesign.com slash classes. Once again, affordableinteriordesign.com slash classes to buy your bundle today. And if one of those classes sounded intriguing, but maybe you already have my book or some of the other topics are not of interest, you can buy the classes individually at that site as well. Each class is $40. So head over to affordableinteriordesign.com slash classes to get your bundle or your online class today. You know, I've been watching your growth throughout your time in the Academy. And when you came here to where you are now, what does that look like? It
1: is all good things and every client, you know, when I first started, I I was taking, I had a handful of clients and I think the other beautiful part of it is just the progression of, I learned something new with every client, you know, every time. And it's not, I mean, don't get me wrong. There have been mistakes that I cringed and I'm like, how could I have, forgot to do a very important step, you know, like that's always, that's happening. Yeah. But it's, it's so nice to see by going back to the modules and kind of refreshing as I go, I just, you just kind of work the kinks out the whole way through. And, you know, now I, I am a little bit more selective. I have that luxury of things that I know that maybe I'm not going to take a certain client just because the scope of work is not really something that lights me up or that I think is really gonna benefit, you know, the amount of time it's gonna take. And so I've just kind of learned, and you know, we touched on this a little bit yesterday, um, where there, I I can I can do that. I have the freedom of saying, okay, this is what really this is what lights me up and makes me excited to help you. And I I, I can kind of just create my own business of my dreams. Like I don't have to do the whole gamut the whole time. It's learning as I go, what really fits for my personality and the way I work. And, you know, especially the certain client that is a good fit for me, that we're a good fit for each other.
0: Yeah, exactly. And the amount of time you want to devote, you know, you're still on the lacrosse field. You still have, you know, kids who are young and you still want to be a part of their life. So, Build the business of your dreams that not only allows you to do activities you like in terms of interior design, but also allows you the flexibility to have time with your kids, to be at every game, to go on vacation when you want. I mean, for me, that is a huge part of why I love my job. Yeah. I mean, that's... and, you know, we were talking yesterday because we have regular coaching calls within the academy in terms of a group coaching call and your story can inspire other people. So struggling with a client and learning, hey, I struggled with this client because we were, you know, doing an installation from soup to nuts. And I don't like that part. I mm-hmm. don't want to manage contractors. I don't want to manage handyman. I'm not going to make that a part of my service offering in the future do what you want you're not working as an assistant anymore you are the entrepreneur and make your business work for you right and the and fact that that's that's beautiful, beautiful. <laughs> that's a beautiful, beautiful. thing it's beautiful. And it's just a different mentality. You know, when you started as an assistant, not having any clients of your own, just helping someone else and to watch your evolution to now becoming someone who's so busy that you're determining whether you say yes or no, and you might eventually be hiring an assistant. I mean, I hope you're really proud of your journey. Oh, thank
1: you. I am. I am.
0: It's It's Great. been a journey,
1: but it's, you know, you second guess if you should do it. Is it really going to be what you think it is or you're you going to get bogged down with the kids and you know just being a mom. I mean at the end of the day that I'm a mom first, you know, and they they need me still, but it was so worth that risk of jumping off. It was so incredibly scary and I was terrified, but now that I can say I have my own business, I'm proud of it. I have clients who are happy. And it, it's just, it's such an amazing feeling that I, I'm so happy that I, I took the plunge for sure.
0: Well, I love that. And just a little design advice, yes. business design advice is if your you're talent. so busy that you're turning down clients, it means your prices are not high enough. So just <laughs> talk about that. Tuck that in your pocket and think about it. I will. While I will I, I'll put it back here. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe next coaching call, will look at those prices. Right. But, um, Changing gears a little bit, now that you're taking clients, as you're designing even for yourself, what elements of interior design are lighting you up right now? What are you gravitating towards? Yes. Um, Well, I always, color is
1: always huge for me. Like Mm -hmm. that, to bring color into someone's space. um, You know, sometimes I get a little bit of pushback. People are scared of it. Um, But, you know, we always commute it. Um, But I love that because I feel like that really, you know, not necessarily putting paint on the wall, but if I can bring in color and add some personality to a space that just kind of gives it a little bit more visual interest and it's not just white, like that's something that's really important to me that I love doing, Um, just because I feel like you can make it, your room can feel a way, like it evokes emotion to have a certain color palette.
0: What's Um, your go-to color?
1: So, right. It's, it's really, I think about it all the time. It's, I always end up with either black, which I know is like, that has to be everywhere and peacock blue. Mm. It is, I, I feel like it'll never leave me. It is a color that it makes me so happy. I have a pair of peacock blue accent chairs in our house. And every time I see them, they just, they make me so happy. So that is well. Really... I,
0: you know, you're speaking my language. I am speaking your language. You're speaking start. my language, but also I'm sitting here at my tanker desk from the 1950s that was refinished and has been sprayed in peacock blue. So, oh, so, so I feel you. I hear you. Um, I usually try because I know I like it so much for myself. I try and avoid it for others because I'm like, Betsy, you're just using your favorites. Like <laughs> slow down. But it is one of those that's not, I mean, I hate to use gender terms, um, but it's not overly feminine. It's not overly masculine. It can be darker. It can be lighter. It's just so many places for it to go. There's such a spectrum between like aqua, teal, turquoise, yeah. peacock that, uh, there's just a lot of options and it goes well with so many other colors, be it That's emerald green, yellow ochre, hot pink, I you mean, know, we all take it. this color. Yeah, it. orange, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I,
1: I feel you. It, it makes me, ha- I mean, I have peacock feathers when you first walk into my hat, like I just, and I love them like peacock feathers and just their, you know, their meaning of rejuvenation, like everything, it just, it's, it's a good, good color. So, in florida you could probably get a peacock right i'm sh- they're everywhere i could probably pick off the time off the side of the street oh in certain like back country roads you'll see them just like wild wild i mean i'm assuming they're wild they may belong to someone i don't know if they make their way back but yeah you'll
0: find one wow i gotta get to florida right? Get yourself a peacock. (laughs) Between a flamingo and a peacock, I think I've got my hot pink and my teal ready to go. There you go.
1: We'll take you down to Bush Gardens.
0: Oh, yeah. (laughs) Well, and segueing again, you know, every time that I talk to you on the coaching calls or anything else, I see this beautiful painting behind you. Now, this doesn't have to be your answer, but what furnishing in your home are you most excited by? Are you most attached to? What's kind of most inspiring to you as you look around?
1: Yeah, so my favorite pieces in my house, it's artwork and mm-hmm. because it is meaningful to me and they make for an excellent inspiration picture because I have um, from Colonial Williamsburg, yeah. the floral prints. So they've I've inherited them, they were my mom's and there's one for each woman in our family for their birth month, because I have a sister. So it was my mom, my sister, and me, and then I have one for each of my girls. Aww. And they're my favorite piece. They're in my dining room. They're beautiful. Like they have peacock blue. They have <laughs> every color you could think of. And they're, that is my favorite piece of decor that I have is that collection.
0: Well, and I love that it has a personal sentimental <laughs> sort of expression as well as a decor function. Yeah. hello because right? a lot of those sentimental pieces are oftentimes tchotchkes or just extraneous things that have so much emotion tied up but they can just be dust collectors or they're not actively helping the room right I just yeah. feel like I have to include it because it's so special to me right.
1: but they're so cool because they're on vintage paper so they're they're really they're cool pieces that's
0: awesome Yeah. Well, and before we sign off, where can people find you? Now they've been inspired by your story. They want to see what you're working on. They want to hear more. Where can they find you, Courtney?
1: So um, I'm on Instagram um, at Marblehead underscore Interiors. And then my website is Marbleheadinteriors.com.
0: And we'll include all of that in the show notes. So if you're wondering where to find her, just head over to affordableinteriordesign.com/podcast, and you'll see the show notes. You'll see a link to the YouTube where you can check out Courtney and see all of her sites that she mentioned. And Courtney, I'll be seeing you again very soon in one of the coaching calls um, in the academy. But it's so great to have you on because, like I said. Watching your journey from our initial call, where you were deciding if the academy was a fit, where I was trying to decide if the academy was a fit for you, and seeing, you know, you were taking the modules and taking clients at the same time. And you were taking the lessons you were learning and immediately applying. You were asking me questions in the group coaching calls that had to do with clients you were working on right then. So I was so impressed how you just took the bull by the horns, but were also, you know, immediately putting these modules into practical application. Because I think it's great to have education, but you will not feel confident with education alone. I don't care how many degrees you have. I don't care what schools you went to. If you only have education, it's only half the puzzle. The other half of the puzzle is experience, getting out there and doing it. I only had the experience component, right? but when you have enough experience i mean i was out there every day with clients taking client after client after client that's where i got my education it wasn't the efficient way to do it it wasn't the right way to do it but when you combine those two pieces when you take the education and immediately start applying it there's nothing more powerful
1: yeah i agree it was and thank you to you for putting the academy together because i just i never thought this would be possible i really didn't i just didn't think I could do what I loved when I thought I wanted to do it because I wasn't going to go back to school. You know, I wasn't going to go back to four years, anything, and everything you have taught me has been so valuable that to your point, when I would do the module and then meet with a client, it was, it just worked hand in hand and it was so reassuring for me to know that And just to be honest, you know, like if I, if I didn't know an answer right away with a client to let them know, let me get back to you, let me just, you know, work it out a little bit more and get you an answer. And it was so nice to know that whatever I was coming, whatever question I had, I could come home and I could find the answer. I had the tools and I had the resources between the modules, the Facebook groups, everything, just even if it wasn't an active question being able to like go through to see if someone else had asked it you know it was just so much information that saved me so many times and i am so grateful for all the hard work you put in to make that happen and i'm sorry that everything you had to go through to get there but it is extraordinarily beneficial and i'm just i can't believe this is where i'm at at Aww. this point in my life so Thank you. Well,
0: right. I can believe it. Based on seeing how hard you worked in the academy, I can totally believe it. And thanks for those beautifully kind words. It was totally a labor of love. Paulina and I set aside our whole summer that year. Oh um, a year and a half ago, we we're just like, here we go. Let's do it. Because <laughs> yes. we'd been Buckle teaching up. these modules in person and we were like, okay, they said they wanted it. I asked on the podcast, do you want me to build this? I got immediate replies. So I was like, Paulina, we're doing this. I hope you're free this come. summer <laughs> and I'm so glad it's paying off because even just hearing the stories of people's lives transforming is exactly why we did it. So thank you so much for coming on the show. Well, oh, thank you so much, Betsy. And we'll be talking again soon. All right. Have a great day. And to all my listeners, we'll be talking again soon too. I hope that Courtney's story inspired you and until next week. Bye.